here we go. It's the last PFF betting podcast in August, officially August 31st, which everyone listening to this podcast knows that it is go time on the NFL and college football season. It's what we've all basically been waiting for. We have 10 college football games coming up here on Thursday and Friday. Uh, we're going to dive into the Saturday slate on a later podcast. But before we get to those 10 games, Eric, I got to ask you, we did get a little bit of injury. We got some cut related news in the NFL. What is your takeaway to Trey Lance getting apparently chipped, possibly not being available for week week one? How long until we see Trey Lance as the starting quarterback in San Francisco? That's a great question, Ben. I think, you know, the hard part is, so San Francisco does have sort of this natural thing where, um, you know, they have their first two games are road games against easy teams at Detroit, at Philadelphia. So I always said if they were going to start Garoppolo week one, they were going to start Garoppolo week three because right. there was no way that they were going to, you know, be bad enough in those games to move on. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL per our metrics. Um, but then they had they host the Green Bay Packers, they host the Seattle Seahawks, and then they go to Arizona um, before their bye week. I think if those three games go poorly for San Fran, you could really see, um, you know, Trey Lance uh, the following Sunday night against the Colts at home. That could be one where he starts right away. Um, and then, you know, at Bears against maybe Justin Fields. Um, if Garoppolo gets through those three games, though, uh, you know, let's say they go two and one in those games and they they start the season four and one going into their bye. Unless Garoppolo's injured, like, uh, you know, Colts, Bears, Cardinals, Rams, Jags, Vikings, like, and then Seahawks, Bengals. Falcons, like they they don't right. exactly have like a bunch of tough teams. They have the tight Texans later on. Like I feel like if he doesn't start before the bye, it might be hard to see him start at all. Gr- assuming Garoppolo doesn't get hurt, which obviously is a big assumption. Right, right. and so then that kind of buys in this narrative that Garoppolo would have to play bad or uh, get injured. Right, I do. You do you think there's any potential to Kyle Shanahan basically just making the move based on what he's seen from Trey Lance in practice and things like that? Or do you think it's mainly based on Garoppolo and how he's playing and performing, at least if that's, you know, up to the expectations that Kyle Shanahan has? Is there any way that Kyle Shanahan would just make the move, uh, you know, based on what he sees from Trey Lance at this point? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think they would have the problem is is like a lot of these teams don't need a Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Especially right. with this right. kind of gross Deshaun Watson news coming out. Like no one's trading for Garoppolo right now, right? So right. they're probably just gonna do what the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and play him through. Um Garoppolo isn't as accomplished as Smith was, but Garoppolo has taken the Niners to a Super Bowl, so there is some plausibility in, in keeping him in the lineup. I wouldn't do it if if Lance was healthy. But they're certainly looking like they're going to do it. And I think if that's the case, Ben, you look at that win total for the Niners, and I don't know. I I think I'm less likely to bet on any fat tail scenario for the Niners in the event Garoppolo plays the whole year. So things like Super Bowl, even something like winning the division. But I probably, you know, wouldn't be as inclined to bet under the season win total either. Right. Yeah, I like that. I do think that, you know, it offers basically what we've what we've said about what we've said before. 
does kind of fit into that narrative. So I do definitely buy into it. I got to ask you one more NFL related question. I think we basically have whiplash at this time with news coming out of the Indianapolis Colts. Carson West's close contact uh, with an Indianapolis staffer who had COVID. It's now going to be away from the team for at least five days. Obviously, he's not vaccinated. Quentin Nelson also in that, you know, COVID protocol situation as well. Um, I mean, it's it's looking like, you know, there's a clear disadvantage or massive disadvantage to these teams that have a start, starting quarterback that is refusing to get the shot at this point in time. Think about, you know, the Vikings, the Colts, obviously those sorts of teams. Obviously, they're not as big of a dumpster fire as a place like Houston, but like I think they're kind of holding down that second, third spot. What do you what do you make of this Indianapolis Colts squad kind of heading into week one, right, against the Seahawks? Uh, they were two-and-a-half-point favorites. They're now two-and-a-half-point dogs. I think we're going to move out to three if we get any more negative Carson Wentz information. How are you kind of playing uh, them from either a futures or this week one perspective? Well, I was sort of considering buying back a little bit on Indianapolis uh, week one. As our listeners know, I, you know, you and I have – uh, some bets on the on the uh, Seahawks at plus yep. three. Um, we also have some bets on Seahawks teased up to eight and a half with some of these others. None of those are available anymore. The Seahawks are laying two and a half now. It actually had gotten down to like one or a pick in some places. Um, but Indianapolis is now, you know, back out to being a two point and a half point dog. If you're heavy on the Seahawks and you want to hedge, obviously, I think. You know, you could obviously bet Colts money line or tease them up to eight and a half with another play. Just know that there's a probability that if your other teaser leg doesn't hit, you're stuck uh, holding a, a decent amount there. Um, but I don't even think I just think you have the best of it if you had Seattle at plus three at this point. Like and you just right. don't want to, um, you know, you, you just don't want to let it go um or, or hedge it off at all so I, i'm yeah. i'm selling the colts week one i like the colts a lot i you know as far as like an organization i think ballard's good i think reich's good i think a lot of people in that building are great but this team right now like you have a quarterback who's not vaccinated you have uh a, a you're one of your most important players in quentin nelson uh broken foot as well also i believe on the COVID list you have yeah. a defense that is kind of void of players who are really good at premium positions, right? You have great defensive tackle in Buckner. You have a great linebacker in Leonard, but other places are kind of shoddy. And you look at the offense, T.Y. Hilton's out with a back problem for the first few weeks. Like this just, you look at this and it's like, man, that's a huge mountain to climb for, for Frank Reich, who's been great. But I think this team has like kind of seven and 10 written all over it, much like it did in 2019. When Andrew Luck retired out of the blue. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I do think, um, you know, obviously the AFC South could be really bad this year. That's basically the one positive from the Colts perspective. But I agree with you. I think if you have two and a half plus two and a half from the Seahawks, uh, it's one of those situations you just got to ride with. Right. We talked about it kind of on that Sunday morning podcast with our San Jose State bet minus 21 uh, moved all the way out to minus 28 by closing time. Those are situations where, you know, it might feel good to hedge or even try to hit one of these middle situations or something like that. But um, if you have a positive EV bet already in your pocket, sometimes you just got to roll with it. Take your punches. If it doesn't work out uh, the way that it probably should, uh, you just got to understand and move on that you, you know, you did all you could at that point in time. It's something that we kind of talked about off air for a little while as well. Um, being willing to, you know, forego that short term or, you know, 
results-oriented thinking for the process that was sound and good. So I do think rolling with Seahawks, probably the best bet um, if you're at that plus two and a half. If you really want to, I do think that a teaser is probably the most appropriate way to uh, hedge that at that point. Get those Colts out to plus eight and a half, I think might be um, a justifiable play as well. But those are really two of the only situations that I'm looking at at this point in time. But we will see. We got to move on. We got college football here. We got Thursday, Friday action. 10 games. Uh, we got some pretty solid games. I would say that the Temple Rutgers game, not really going to be too great. We do have three other games on Thursday. Or we actually we have, what, five other games on Thursday. Yep. Sorry about that. And then we have uh, four on Friday. I got to ask, on Thursday, let's give away one play, basically. I know we don't want to don't want to give away the house. I know NCAA Greenline shows some value on a number of solid spots here coming up on Thursday. If you are betting on only one game, Eric, what game are you going to be betting on on here on Thursday, September 2nd? Yeah, right. So the six games, five of them have double-digit spreads or more, right? I think a lot of people are going to be interested in Minnesota hosting Ohio yeah. State. Minnesota's been upstart for a while. Um, I do, you know, and obviously both of us are from Minnesota. I'm like, looking forward to that game. Um, the, the game though is the one not double digit spread game that I want to talk about. And it's Boise state at UCF. Um, you know, UCF with a, is a Gus Melzon team now, right? And Boise is a mountain West team. Um, both teams in the thirties in our power rankings, UCF is laying five. I, I think there's a small edge on Boise state here. Um, I also think that you could look to the total, 68 and a half. I believe, Ben, right, every single game in week zero that was FBS versus FBS went under, all four of them. You know, to over yep. went yeah, over I mean, four. The Nebraska-Illinois game probably shouldn't have on the yes, closing total, right. but it did Sorry, it did I, I didn't mean to, to give you PTSD. But all thank four you, of those games, you. the San Jose State versus uh, – the San Jose State game went over, but that was against an FCS team. Yep. UCLA went under for sure. So. UCLA went under despite a humongous first quarter, by the way. That one right, made me right. nervous. New Mexico State was another one Green Line had under with. And while we did not get New Mexico State to the window, we did get under there despite uh, a first half that was a high – or first quarter or so that was high scoring. I think – I feel like a similar thing is here. So if, if you had me to rate the bets uh, of that ga- of the week on Thursday, I probably would go under in this game. Because you don't know how Dylan Gabriel is going to do with the new offense. Boise State is kind of a ground and pound, um, Mm -hmm. you know, team. Last season, uh, Boise, you know, actually UCF ran a a higher percentage of their plays um, than Boise did. Boise only had, Boise had less than 70 plays per game offensively. UCF over 90. If you see that 90 number trend downward towards 70 this 68 and a half doesn't make a lot of sense and so i think you go under here with ucf versus boise state on thursday fantasy football draft season is here and we are offering 30 percent off any pff subscription to all first-time subscribers with promo code kickoff 30 for just seven dollars get access to pff's fantasy football draft guide player rankings and projections all of pff's locked article content Cheat seats for your fantasy draft and so much more. Again, that's promo code KICKOFF30 for 30% off any PFF subscription. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for just $7. The NFL is back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. 
bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code PFF to get you free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, I definitely am in agreement with you on that. That was my favorite bet of the week. And I unfortunately, places like DraftKings have already dropped it down to 68. I do still think there's some value there. Uh, some offshores already had it at 67.5. So if you have a 68.5 out there, I do think you got to hit that quickly. Take the under. Um, you know, people buy into Dylan Gabriel, Hank Bashmere, quarterback from Boise State. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit slower paced game than what the market projects. So I'm definitely on board with going under 68 and a half. There's an offshore um, we have been at 69. Nice. Ooh, but um, that might be the but spot. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go under that. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it must have flipped because when I was looking at, you know, basically all the green line plays this morning, um, that was one that I thought was maybe going to move down. So we might have gotten some pushback from the market and kind of move yeah. back up a little bit. Um, but that might be a spot to kind of monitor yeah. here. All there week. aren't really key numbers and totals in right. especially in NCAA. That but high, 68 yeah. is 34 and 34. Right. And 34 right. is a number that, you know, is is, you know, is the 68 is divisible by 17. So you sort of can see kind of like some value. A lot of people, you know, there was really no we talked about resistance on the last show. There wasn't a lot of resistance going through like when it because. The, the UCLA total, I believe, opened at 71, 70 and a half, right. got to 68 and a half, got to 67 and a half, got to 67. I think that's where it closed. And it was, you know, there wasn't a ton in the way of resistance there. Um, you know, pretty interesting stuff, uh, if you ask me. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you 100%. But I do think that's the correct play. Unfortunately, Ohio State moved up to two touchdown favorites. I think it was 13.5. Green, I had a little bit of a play on 13.5. 14 came quickly. I do think uh, that's probably a pretty efficient line. So I don't really think there's a bet at that point in time on that game. But that is probably going to be the game of the night. We will see how it breaks out. I do think Ohio State could potentially roll the Gophers. Uh, but we will see if P.J. Fleck is going to be rowing the boat here on Thursday or not. I'm not quite sure if it's going to happen. We will see North Carolina at Virginia Tech, probably the game of the game of the day on Friday. Of course, Michigan State, Northwestern as well, opening that Big Ten schedule for the Northwestern at home. Is there a spot that you like here on Friday? Do you think Sam Howell, potential Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, five-and-a-half-point road favorite, um, is a spot to potentially play at this point in time, Eric? Well, it does sound like Howell might be a little compromised with his wide receivers, right? You already right. are losing Michael Carter, Javante Williams at the running back spot, but there are receivers who I believe are also Diane Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Diamond Brown's Newsome. gone. He's a, he's in the NFL yeah. now, but you also have receivers. Uh, our colleague, Anthony Tresh, uh, you know, made me aware of like receivers that could be out there. So that, that's something where I think you have to be a little bit nervous. Um, so I, I actually put a little bit on Virginia Tech here. Um, I think at a number better than what we're showing on Green Line at plus 170. Um, 
this is one where, you know, I probably would just watch and enjoy, <laughs> you know, and, and, and easier said than done, of course. Um, but, but yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting one. Cause I do think North Carolina has a better chance of winning the ACC than people believe. Um, right. but you have to, uh, you know, you obviously, um, you know, this might be one where, um, this might be one where, you know, it, it, you have to see it to believe it, I guess. Right, definitely. I agree with you. I do think I do. I do still buy into Sam Howell in general, especially as you know, number one, number two overall prospect coming out. So I do think he's going to be able to get it done, no matter what they are trotting out there at the wide receiver position. But I digress. It could be interesting if you want to yeah. tune in. Michigan State Northwestern, forty-five point total. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be pretty slow paced. Um, Big Ten, you know, that's obviously how Northwestern has been playing the past couple of years. Uh, but we don't really find too much value. I guess if you want to sweat out an uh, over over 45, that might be the correct play at this point yeah. in time. I, and it doesn't really show value on that play, but. Yeah, I, I'd rather like pull my hair out than watch an o like that's... roof of that over. I don't mind Big Ten football as a concept, but like. But not as an over concept. Yeah, not right? as an overplay. I will say, though, so here's one, and this is where we went. We all we had two losses on Green Line this weekend. We were up two units if you bet flat staking. We're up five units if you bet as a percentage of edge. The Old Dominion Wake Forest game is another example. So we the two games we lost were on New Mexico State and UConn, two teams that did not play in the 2020 season. Right. Old Dominion's another team that did not play in the 2020 season. And there is, you know, and and they are getting 31 from Wake Forest. We do show a small edge there. I I don't know if I could bet that. Um, you know, 31's a lot of points though, but that's that's a caveat there. The one game that I do like in this slate is I do think, excuse me, I do like Charlotte at home against Duke. Yeah. Um sitting at a six and a half point total or six and a half point spread. Yeah, you basically. might bet the money line better than the spread, but right. Duke is terrible on offense. Uh, we have them 114th in the country. We actually have Charlotte at 26th in the country. Um, they have a quarterback. You know, last season their quarterbacks had 5.5% big time throw rate. Um, and you know their their passer rating when under pressure was better than Duke's passer rating collectively when clean. So you know, there's an aspect of Charlotte that can score here um, right. that might make this thing interesting. Um, we, you know, we have them separated by about eight ELO ratings points. We have Charlotte at 107, Duke at 99, um, you know, which if you look at the PFF NCAA power rankings, you can actually look and see like what those end up being. Um, so let me, let me go ahead here and look. Duke is five points worse than the average team on a neutral field. Charlotte's 6.9 points worse than the average team on a neutral field. So you can see that separation is not that big. Charlotte's also playing at home. You know, you know what to do. Right. Yep, definitely. I think Chris Reynolds, at quarterback for Charlotte, has been quite good, especially from like a wins above average perspective. And of course, you touched on the opponent adjusted grade as well. Uh, they've looked quite good. They do have some pretty good receivers as well for the Charlotte. So I do think if you see them move out to seven, that might be the best bet you can make on the Thursday, Friday slate. Six and a half. If you want to put a little cheddar down on the money line, that might be the best spot unless it gets out to that key number seven. I do think that is the correct play as well. But we will see. I am ready. I am ready for college football to be here. We have a full slate on Saturday. We're going to be bringing it back here with the PFF betting podcast. 
couple more days this week, and then we are getting into our full in-season schedule starting next week. we got a great host of people coming up here, so make sure you tune in. Hit that subscribe button. Get all the latest content you can on PFF.com. Lock in that subscription with Kickoff 30. It's only going to be here for a couple more days, so make sure you get the best discount you can on that PFF.com subscription. Uh, the time is now, people, here. So let's go. From Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eager, this was the PFF Betting Podcast. Thank you.